Welcome to episode seven of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because I get asked about brand photography a lot, and it's something that I recommend that all of my clients have. And I have personally had the honor to work with the guest that I have on today, Jesse Wyman, and she is absolutely incredible. So Jesse is a brand photographer specializing in working with women entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and small businesses ready to scale their brand. Through her robust shoot planning process, which I can attest to is very helpful, Jessie works with her clients to create intentional imagery for their digital platforms and to support their marketing strategy. She also runs a course called the Brand Photographer Method, where she teaches burnt out photographers how to regain their weekends by pivoting into brand photography. And when she's not working, she's likely spending time with her adorable dog or her husband where they share a home just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. So grab a drink, grab a notepad, and get ready for today's episode. Hi there, I'm Isabel Kateman and I run Stripe Dog Creative, a website strategy and design firm dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs create strategic and elegant websites so they can attract their dream clients, raise their prices, and scale their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. Tune in each week to hear practical business advice, tips on embracing and learning from failure, trust me, it's going to happen, and real talk on trying to create a balanced life as an entrepreneur for my guest experts and of course, from me. Ready to turn those dreams into a reality? Let's do it. Hi, Cassie. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. So I know in the intro, I talked about this, but I, full disclosure, have worked with Jessie before for my brand photography. She is unfreaking believable. I'm literally in love with the photos and I had to go back to her to buy more because the package wasn't enough. So I'm so thrilled to have you here because I recommend brand photography to all of my clients, but I think a lot of people don't know what it is. So before we jump into that, I'd love to just kind of hear your journey of how you got to where you are, and then we can fill everyone in on what brand photography is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all the kind words. Your session was so much fun too. You were just like, I don't know, so easy to work with. And you were like my dream client. Oh, I'm so glad all the confetti too. I know. Right. Can I just have more of you? Yeah. So my journey is probably maybe similar to a lot of like your listeners as an entrepreneur, kind of figuring it out as I went along. You know, I had a full-time job and I started picking up photography back in like 2011, just as like something fun. You know, someone bought me a camera and I was like, okay, maybe I'll try to learn how to use this thing other than my like film experience from high school, like a long time ago. And so started learning how to shoot digitally. And then I started like taking pictures of my boyfriend at the time and doing that and then working with, you know, my friend's kids. And then someone was like, oh, can you work with my kids or my, you know, my family? And so eventually what happens, and I'm, I think a lot of photographers like go through this is like, so they start taking pictures, their friends ask them, then they're working with the kids and they're working with the families. Eventually someone's going to ask you to shoot their engagement photos or their wedding. And you're like, oh crap, this is getting real. And so I was doing this all still on the side, nights and weekends for my full-time job. And eventually, like around 2013, I became like a business. I had my Facebook page. I don't even think I had a website yet. And I was just charging like very small, minimal amounts because I was like, I don't need to make money at this. Like, it's just a hobby. Big mistake. Nobody should do that. We're not going to go into detail on that, but just that's my journey. I wasn't making anything at first. (laughs) So I was basically trying to shoot 
everything that I could and everything that interests me. But I kind of fell into like the family wedding photographer. And I did that for several years. And then like 2015, six, not even several years, I guess just a few years, 2015, 16, I started feeling really tired and exhausted after all of my sessions and started to feel uninspired. And at that point, I had gone back to grad school for urban design, which is what I have my other background in. But I went back to grad school. And as when I came out of grad school, I didn't go back to work full time. I kind of freelanced in that field, which also gave me opportunity to build my business. But at that point, I was like, what direction do I want my business to go? Because I was feeling very burnt out. But I kept doing it, weddings, families. I even like tried doing dog photography, senior photography, newborns. And eventually I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I started seeing more and more brand photography pop up. That's I feel like that's really when I don't want to say the gig economy started, but I see a lot of online entrepreneurs, service providers, you know, Instagram tapping into that for their marketing. And I was like, let me try this brand photography thing. And so that's when I decided to have branding minis. And I had like two people sign up. I lost money on the whole thing because I booked a space, but I fell in love with it. And pretty much the rest is history. After that, I said to myself, this is really where I want to be. I love working one-on-one with people. And I feel really inspired by helping them in their own journey because they are investing in me to invest in their own business. And that's where I've been pretty much since the end of 2018 is in the brand photography space. I know that's like a really long, long story. No, no, it's so helpful. And I was just going to say, I think so many people can relate to that start as, you know, I started it as a side hustle as well. And I think because you kind of have to, you know, it's like you, and you always undervalue yourself in the beginning, you know, you're kind of faking it till you make it. You're scared. You don't know what you're supposed to be charging. You don't have any clients yet. You don't have social proof and testimonials. And so, you know, I think my first website might've been $500. Oh man, what a deal. Like a full blown out website with copy and design and everything. So yeah, whoever got that got a great deal, but although I look back and it was pretty bad. So it was probably worth the price, but yeah, I think everyone starts like that. So, you know, I think a lot of people can relate and then you know, as you get more comfortable and you get your feet under you and you start to work with more clients, you learn what you should be charging and you start to make it a full-time business. So I think a lot of people can relate to that story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I recommend brand photography to all of my clients and a lot of them don't really understand the difference between brand photography and headshots or really fully understand what brand photography is. So can you give us kind of a layman's definition of what brand photography is? Yeah, I'll give you like, I guess my version of it, you know, for me, it's really just another genre of photography. So, you know, you can think of like wedding photography and family photography, but brand photography is more commercial in nature. That's really the biggest differentiator between that and let's say getting your family portraits done because it's really meant to be used commercially where this brand or business or solopreneur or blogger will be using the images and their own marketing strategy to try and increase their own bottom line. It's using the images to get that revenue boost. It's really a a support mechanism for your marketing strategy. Now, each client is different, but the goal really is to capture imagery in a way that will support that marketing strategy. So sometimes it is really just getting images for your website. Really, it is maybe you really are big on social media and a lot of your revenue, you know, clients come from social media. So you really want to get those social media shots. So it's really different for each client. But where I think the big difference is, is in that commercial aspect. And as it relates to headshots, so some people start off with the headshot, right? That's like 
I would say at a minimum, you want headshots. If you don't have anything and you're like just starting out and you don't have a budget for a full-blown brand session, go and get those headshots. I would say 100% do it. You're going to need that image. But the difference from that is really getting the images that tell the whole story. And again, it depends on what your business is and what your brand is. Sometimes it could be showcasing your process. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, showing how you get your clients from point A to point B. Sometimes you might want to be a little bit more creative and showcase some of your works of art. And so you might want some of those more product-esque lifestyle shots. So really it's beyond just getting that headshot, action shots, those detail shots, those images that may not even be of you, but you need for your Pinterest pin or you need for your blog and it's not even of you, but it's capturing the entire story and those details you need. Yeah. And I think, you know, from a strategy perspective on your website, that story is so important. Like I get so many clients who haven't done a brand photo shoot and they ask me, well, can't we just use this headshot that like my work took of me two years ago? And it's like, you know, if you're, for example, like, you know, a local baker and you do weddings, somebody wants to see you like smiling, holding a cake, or they want to see the behind the scenes of you decorating that cake, right? Like this kind of stuffy corporate headshot of you, like standing in a suit, like outside of like a concrete wall or something is not going to create that same emotional connection that like having you laughing as you're putting like pink frosting on a cake is going to have. Exactly. Exactly. It's really about telling the story in a way that's relatable. And that relatable factor does come, you know, it is, I keep saying it's different for every brand, but you know, a lot of that comes from who your audience is and what they want to see. But I can almost 99% of the time tell you that it's going to result in an image that is just beyond that headshot. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can attest that I've done a few brand shoots and I think it's a total different game changer. Like, you know, when I was in the corporate world, the company would always offer to take a headshot. And it was always this, like from, you know, the shoulders up, very cold. You're in some like, you know, nice suit that isn't very relatable. It is very like stuffy and stiff. And it's just like a totally, it's literally just to show that like, this is what you look like. Exactly. It doesn't tell you anything about your personality. It doesn't tell you anything of what you do. You could be in that suit and you could be the office manager or you could be the director. Nobody knows unless they tell it, put it right under your image. So yeah, brand photography really helps showcase what it is you actually do and what your offer is about. Yeah. Yeah. I am 100% agree. I think it's so important. And so, you know, I know when I work with a lot of new business owners, they sometimes don't understand the value or it can come off as a little bit expensive to them. So can you just talk through the value that it adds to the business owner? And also, I think people don't realize behind the scenes of any profession, but I think especially photography, people assume like, you know, oh, if Jessie is with me for a six-hour shoot, that's six hours of her time. And they don't kind of realize everything that goes into getting those final images to them. So I think it'd be really great to kind of go behind the scenes and just tell people a little bit about why it can cost so much and how much time and energy you're putting into it as the photographer. Yeah. So just from the cost perspective, as I mentioned, brand photography is a form of commercial photography. So inherently the images have this difference value, let's call it value than like your personal portraits at home that you're going to hang on your wall. Those have a lot of emotional value. They're going to bring you a different, you know, feeling of joy and you're going to love those images from an emotional perspective, but commercial images are about generating an ROI for you. You can use those images in your advertising. You can use them as part of your marketing, you know, marketing strategy, which I've mentioned already, but it's really meant 
you know, we're not just taking pictures for fun. We're doing this because you ultimately want to make more money in your business and grow your business and grow your audience. So there's this inherent value with commercial photography to begin with. So that's really why it's going to be generally a little bit higher than what you've paid for for your annual Christmas photo with your family photographer. That's the main difference. But the other piece of it is the amount of work that goes into it. And, you know, this is what I specialize in now. So for me, I have a very clear system. You've been through it, but it's intentional and it takes time. And for me, I could never be that photographer that goes out and just willy-nilly it. Like, oh yeah, you're a cake baker. Oh yeah, I'll just show up at your bakery and we'll just like get some fun shots. Like that would stress me out and I think it would stress my clients out. So my process involves, you know, a detailed questionnaire, a Pinterest exercise. I hop on a call with them and that call can be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And so that's additional time. So between the shoot planning process, which is very detailed, the shoot itself, and then post-processing, there's the culling and the editing. And sometimes I do outsource my editing, but that's costs that are also involved. The equipment costs, it adds up quickly. Time alone, I probably spend between 10 to 15 hours with each client for just that four hour shoot. You know, if it's my full day session, it's even longer. It could be even longer than that. So sure you get me for like four hours or six hours. I'm with you for a lot longer than that. Yeah. I think that's helpful for people to understand too. There's expenses with every business. There's, you know, my equipment alone is very expensive. And yeah, that's a one-time cost. So I think there's this like this idea that a photographer just buys their camera and that's it. There's the camera. My camera is, you know, a couple thousand dollars. My lenses alone. I have a lens that is $2,000 alone. And, you know, you need to get them cleaned. You need to get them maintenance. And then I have my website and the hosting associated with that. I have my gallery hosting website that I pay annually. I have my own Instagram that I have to, you know, I have marketing strategy myself that costs a lot of money to run my business. So I price myself in a way that is profitable that I need to run my business, but is also reflective of the quality of work that my clients are getting. They're getting quality images. They're getting quality time with me. I'm really taking the time to understand their needs and what they are wanting out of a brand session. So it can seem like a lot. And what I always tell people that are looking to do a brand photography session is, you know, think of it as part of your marketing strategy. You know, you have to pay for X, Y, and Z. And if you really think that, you know, like, let's say 2022 is going to be your year and you are starting to work on your budget, start reaching out to photographers now to get an idea on pricing so that you can factor that into your overall expenses for 2022, or if you do it by quarter, so you can start getting an idea of that because it is an investment. But again, if you're able to build your marketing strategy and not have to worry about digging for that next image to post on Instagram, or worry that your website looks like it's stuck in 1982 with images from like that maybe you cropped out from your wedding. <laughs> like You just cropped out a picture of yourself and threw it up there. You know, your Pinterest, if Pinterest is really important to your business, you know, having those fresh images to grab from and not have to worry about it, just have it handed off to your VA, give them access to the gallery. It's worth it. It saves you time and it adds to the overall strategy you need to bring in and build your audience. Yeah. And I think too, 
one of the things that I realized after working with you is you kind of get out of it what you put into it. Like I know the first time I did a brand shoot, this was still back when I was a wedding planner in Los Angeles and the brand photographer was fantastic, but we didn't kind of plan. And and probably a lot of this was on me in terms of just like not being clear on my clients and everything, every other problem. But we didn't really plan in advance as much as you and I did together. And I was so impressed by just the sheer, like we almost, not that we had every shot planned out, but we had different scenes planned out and we knew very intentionally exactly what they were for. This was going to show off this particular service, or this was going to show off this particular you know, social posts that I wanted to do on Instagram. And it was all so intentional. And I, I don't know if you remember, I had like 50 bags of props and I was, I brought champagne and glasses and confetti and all of these different things. But I think you really get out what you put into it because, you know, I spent the two weeks leading up to our shoot really thinking about, you know, I'm spending a lot of money. I'm taking out a whole day. You're taking out a whole day. We're both spending all this kind of money and time. Like we should really make sure that this is going to last for the next, you know, six months or year or however long it is. And so can you talk a little bit about how you recommend that your clients prep for a shoot and like what types of things they should bring? Obviously, it depends on the individual business owner, but I think it would be helpful for people to get an idea because I know the first shoot I did. You know, she told me to bring a few things, but I realize now looking back, it could have been so much better and so much more robust and intentional had I really planned out the way you and I planned. Yeah. So, first, I always like to not necessarily tell my clients, but it's always a good idea to have a strong strategy behind your brand to begin with. A few of the clients that I work with are just starting out. They may not have a website at all, or they've had a website, but it's like, They literally put it together themselves maybe a year ago, and now they're looking to refresh it. But if you are able to have a strategy in place to begin with, you're going to be better off. And this by strategy, I mean a few different things. I mean the visuals behind it. So if you have a good website or not a good website, but a website that is ready to go with images, that's going to help inform the way we shoot So if you're working with a web designer, I will ask you for your wireframe or maybe even just the colors or the aesthetic of your brand so that I can get an idea of your overall feeling in the aesthetic. Is it a warm palette? Is it a cool palette? Is it really punchy? Is it more subdued? So I'll ask for those kinds of things or a brand guideline if you have it. The other piece of it is the actual, you know, messaging behind your brand. Do you know who your ideal client is? Do you know their pain points? Because ultimately what we're trying to do with this imagery is connect with your audience and your ideal audience and knowing what sort of pain points they have before they make that decision with to work with you. And we can create imagery that's going to help convince them to work with you, but also showcasing what it is you do. So if you have no idea what your offer is, or if you're not clear on what your offer is, you know, it can become a challenge when trying to create imagery that will attract your clients. So kind of having that brand strategy in place first is welcome. If you don't have it, I've worked with clients that don't, and I kind of coach them in a way. I don't you know, tell my clients that I'm a brand strategist, but I know enough questions to ask to get them going. So we'll work through that through my questionnaire. But the other thing that, you know, when it comes to planning for your shoot, we have to think about all of the other things that then come next. So with that, we're able to better plan for a location. We're better able to plan for outfits and then if we know the types of shots we're going to get, we know what type of props we need. So it kind of is like this like waterfall effect. So for example, if you know your brand colors, whether they're warm or cool or punchy or more subdued or whatever, we can pick a location that's going to work well, especially on your website. The last thing you want is like your website to be like, 
maybe very neutral and subdued. And then we like pick this location that's like really bright and punchy and like we can't avoid shooting in front of this bright red wall because that's the location we picked. It doesn't make sense. So knowing your visual aesthetics, especially for your website, is really, really helpful in planning where you shoot. Similarly, your outfits. So outfits, there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of people struggle with picking outfits. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into it from the fit to the style, but colors are also very important. And like with your shoot, you like nailed all your colors. I mean, you're a web designer and, you know, you you get it, like you understand. So what I'll try and do is I'll try and help my clients through that process with understanding their brand aesthetic and suggesting outfits that will go along or complement that. So again, if your brand is more subdued, maybe more neutrals and like beiges and maybe some light blushes, I wouldn't want to put you in like a bright orange shirt. Like that wouldn't make sense. So we have to think about what makes sense in your outfits. So planning those outfits and then also what makes sense from the style that we're going to wear. Are you going to like, do you imagine yourself like sitting on the couch, like lounging around then we may not want you in a dress in that outfit because sitting on the couch in a dress can sometimes not be as like comfortable because we might be showing pieces that we don't want to show or, you know, in jeans. Like you want to make sure if you like imagine yourself like sitting up, cozing up with like a cup of coffee, like making sure that whatever pants you're wearing, like you can actually bend in. Like I know some of my jeans are more restricting than others. There's a little bit more stretch in some of them. And then, you know, but maybe you might want that dress because you want movement. I just got off a call with a client. She really loves the idea of creating movement with her photos. So wearing a dress and like having her actually physically move and twirl to create movement. So a lot of that is informed by what type of shots we're going to get. And we're going to be informed what type of shots we're going to get by what our message is and who our clients are. So it kind of trickles down. You know, I can go into more detail, but it's all going to be informed by a lot of those higher level things. Similarly, props like with you, you did bring a lot of props. So when you're working with a brand photographer, once you have these shots nailed down, you'll know, okay, what's going to help support these images. And for you, we did have champagne. We knew we wanted some celebratory shots. We knew we wanted a lot of fun. And so we brought confetti. So we were able to think, oh, it would be great to have you throwing confetti. Okay, write down confetti. So it's very simple to do. And anything that you, any shot that you have called out, think about what are the little elements and you really want to try to not forget anything. So for example, if you're going to have let's say you want to eat some macaroons, you know, and like you're going to a location that like you're renting, make sure to bring some plates because there might not be plates there. And so little things like that, flowers or things that are going to add color to your palette, notebooks, laptops, that kind of thing. But also the little things like the plates or the knives or the glasses. If you're going to be having coffee, do you have your coffee mug? If you're going to be having writing down a list. Do you have your notebook? And what does your notebook look like? Do we want to make sure that it looks aesthetically pleasing? What color is it? Are you the more subdued client and your notebook is orange? Okay. You might want to go out and get a new notebook, those kinds of things. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think too, the strategy can help inform a lot of this. And, you know, obviously as, as a website strategist, I often especially with new clients or clients that are going through a rebrand, it's so helpful when they come to me first, I think for both of us, because I can help them work out what the overarching strategy is going to be. We can come up with a color palette. We can come up with the messaging that we want. And then that can be very cohesively sent over to you. And we can make sure that the shoot is like all together, just going to fit very nicely into the site. 
And you mentioned one thing that I wanted to call out too, because I think before I did a brand shoot, I didn't realize this. Sometimes you get a photographer that has a space or a studio that they already have, but a lot of times they either don't have one or that might not necessarily, again, work for the aesthetic that you want. And so I think from a cost perspective, that's something also to just really consider is if you want something that's going to fit in really nicely with the shoot, you need to be able to find a space. And I know you have some really good resources on finding a space, but any kind of tips and tricks for people when they're looking for a space in particular? Yeah. So first of all, I just have to say, I love when I do work with web designers because like they are able to tell me too, it's great if you do have a web designer on board, they can tell you, you know, yeah, we're going to have like, we need this banner image. We need this other image. Like, and we're going to talk about this content. So can you create an image for us right next to this little paragraph that we have? So I just wanted to point out that like, I love that. So yes, locations can be an additional expense, first of all. So you want to make sure that you keep that in mind if your photographer does not have a space and if you need to rent a space. But there are some really fantastic resources out there. Um, Homestudiolist.com is one of my go-tos. Now, they aren't available in every single city, but they are in a lot of the major cities in the United States. And it's like, it's such a genius concept. I wish I came up with this idea. And the woman who owns it is fantastic. I love her. So it's beautiful homes, real homes that people basically rent out by an hour for photo shoots or creating content specifically for videographers and photographers to use. So if you're, you know, imagining, let's say you're a wellness coach and like you're imagining a shoot at your home, but you're like, my home is like, not photo ready. There's, you know, maybe you've got like three toddlers at home and it's just like stuff everywhere. And you're like, I just can't even imagine. You can go to this website, pick out a space that like looks similar to your aesthetic or will jive with your aesthetic for your website and just rent it by the hour. There's also a website called PeerSpace. Again, they're not necessarily in every single area in the United States, but it's a space that goes beyond just home like spaces. There's office space, there's co working space. Basically, anybody with a space can actually list on this website too at an hourly rate. So you can find a wide range of venues for this. So like if you really are looking for more, like maybe you are a little bit more tailored and maybe you're an agency and it's a little bit more corporate feeling, you can rent a really nice office space through this type of website. Again, it all goes back to your aesthetic and what you're envisioning and matching that up So for example, I had a client who came to me and she was an interior designer and she's like, you know, of course, you know, as we were talking about before we got on the call, it's like sometimes like, you know, the plumber always has the broken toilet. You know, she's like, my house is like well-designed, but not all the spaces are designed yet. She's like, so we might want to rent another space, but then I feel weird because it's not really a space that I designed. So we were thinking about maybe shooting at a client's house that she did design But logistically, it just didn't work out. But I was like, well, send me photos of your home and the rooms that you have done. Let's see if that'll work. And she was really hesitant about whether or not it would work. And I looked at the photos and I looked at what her web designer had sent me in terms of her colors and her aesthetic. I was like, yes, this will work. Your home will be fine. The other thing is like, trust your photographer and tell them that you want the honest opinion. Like, will it work? Will it not? and be open to suggestions. So in that case, her home was perfectly fine, even though she felt that it might not have been. But And her shoot turned out perfect. It looks beautiful on her website. 
And in that case, her web designer also helped informed a lot of the other shots that we got, which I loved. So her website just launched. I love it. It's perfect. So hopefully that helps with finding locations. The other thing is that if you're a service provider, like my client, who's like an interior designer, tap into your network. Like your friends might be willing to let you shoot at their office or their home. Or if you're in a networking group, sometimes they have, there is a networking group in the Boston area that gives their members like discounts to certain venues to use for content creation or using it for various like workshops and meetings. So tap into your local networking groups that have, they may have resources on other locations for photo shoots. Yeah, I love these ideas and we'll put all these in the show notes too, so people can access them. And you said something else that I really wanted to bring up, you know, when working with a web designer, it's the most frustrating thing in the world to me when someone has already kind of done a brand shoot or already has some photos. And I feel like brand photographers know this, but if you get like a headshot photographer, everything is in vertical, yeah. everything. <laughs> and when I want like a nice, gorgeous, high-res, stunning banner at like the top of the homepage or the top of the services. Yeah, because every website has a banner image pretty much, like 90% of them do. Yes, a hundred percent. And I, it is my biggest pet peeve and like very rarely I can like somehow play with it or crop it or do something in a way that I can make it a banner, but like, Oh, good for you. (laughs) Most of the time I cannot. And we're just stuck with like using some sort of stock for the banner. And I think it's so important too, for people to realize when they do these shoots, there's like multiple different types of photos that you can get. And so I'd love for you to kind of just take us through the different types of photos that people can get out of this brand shoot so that people realize like it's not just vertical headshots that you're coming out of this with. Yeah. So that is one thing that I quickly learned as I was, you know, pivoting into brand photography is that horizontal images are the ones that I I typically shoot in horizontal for that very reason. I like to give my clients plenty of options for their banner image because that is the image. That's the front and center. Like it's like the thing that's going to welcome them to their world. And so I shoot a lot of horizontal images and I do get the vertical, you know, as well. But what I also found about horizontal images is that they are a little bit more versatile for Instagram as well. When you crop square for Instagram, the horizontal image, you're not cropping off as much. So like, let's say you've got a vertical image and you're standing and you're like feet are at the bottom, your head is at the top. You're going to have to chop off one or the other. Hopefully, I mean, probably you're going to keep your face But then you might end up like, it just might not look the same. Whereas if you're standing in a horizontal image and your feet are at the bottom and your head's at the top, we're not going to cut off any body pieces when you crop that square. I know it's hard to visually, to probably visualize this as like on a podcast, but I typically try and get as many horizontal images as possible for that very reason. And then, so when I think about the brand shoot, and I always tell my clients this with every, let's call it every story that we want to tell, I'm going to get the ones of you looking at the camera that can be used as headshots. Usually you do want a strong image with your eyes towards the camera. It helps build that trust factor with your audience. Then we're going to get the action shots, right? The things that you're doing and your example with the baker, like putting the icing on the cake, or maybe they're mixing the batter, or maybe they're pouring the batter into a pan, or you know, maybe they're packaging the cake and putting the bow on the packaging or their label all the little detail shots from start to finish, those action items, 
But then also the detail shots, the ones where maybe I literally chop you out of it and it's just your hands. Or maybe it's just a photo of like your champagne and your confetti that's like, you know, kind of gives you the sense like, oh, she's like, she's just celebrated and like, you know, just gives you that extra element to use in your newsletter or your Pinterest image or whatever, but also in a spot on your website where maybe you don't need an image of yourself. And then there's also like the flat lays or any of the branded like stock images. It's kind of like the details, but some of my clients really want some of these like flat lay styled images. So if you're very, I like to call these like content heavy clients that leverage a lot of Pinterest and a lot of Instagram, sometimes mixing up the photos of you with other types of content is really good. So those are really like the types of shots I get. And I would say when you're working with a brand photographer, you want them to capture different angles too. So one shot, like one composition, I could have you at a desk and I did this with you and I could be shooting from multiple different angles and it can transform the image completely just shooting from a different angle or behind the shoulder or from overhead or from a distance where maybe part of the wall is in the way. So it looks like what I call my sneaky Pete images. So it looks like you're kind of spying. I also like to have my clients look away from the camera, whether it's like a full like left or right look, but I might tell them, okay, head straight, eyes off to the left or head straight, eyes off to the right. You know, so getting some of the less obvious, like this is who I am, you know, because not everybody, you don't need at looking at the camera shot for every single post or every single image on your website. Yeah. And I think it's so helpful, you know, just from like a web design perspective, it's so helpful to have a wide array of images to choose from. Because as you said, you know, sometimes it's helpful on a website, you know, if it's something on, you know, a contact page and you want to show like someone writing in a notebook, you know, maybe you don't want that typical, like smiling at the camera shot. You want something that's a little bit more artsy or a little bit more creative or showing different angles, or you want something, you know, especially with banners. I love when they're more zoomed out so that, you know, I can put text maybe, and they're off center too. Like I can put text on the left or text on the right. And so I think it's helpful when someone works with a brand photographer because it elevates their marketing across everything. It makes it cohesive. It makes it so that, you know, when you go to their social media and you go to their website and even, you know, like I use one of your photos in my newsletter marketing banner, it's like everything is tied together. Whenever someone comes to my site, they can tell that, you know, it's all together. They see my social, they're like, oh, that's Stripe Dog Creative. They see my newsletter, like, oh, it's Stripe Dog Creative. Like it just helps so much. Yes. I love it. And so I think a lot of people assume brand photography is like just for website design too, but it's like it really, you know, even if you, I don't do this, but if you have brochures or, you know, even business cards, like you can use it across all of your marketing. It just creates this really nice, elevated, cohesive branded look that I think is so important if you're trying to, you know, be serious and raise your prices and really make this kind of a full-time venture. It's funny that you mentioned, I just created a post specifically on that idea where the photos along with all of your other brand visuals should be used across every single marketing platform. And if used properly, you're going to get that brand consistency. And, you know, web designers and brand designers and brand strategists will like tell you over and over and over again, that consistency is key when establishing brand recognition. We all know Coke when we see it. We all know Pepsi when we see it. We all know, you know, and like, that's what you want is somebody to be able to log on to Instagram and scroll through and like stop and be like, without having to see that it's Stripe Dog Creative, like they know it's one of your photos or they know it's one of like your websites because maybe you've got like a certain graphic element on it. Like your graphic elements, the visual elements, the photos, all of it can be used to create that brand recognition. And that's ultimately what you want because when people 
see something. I think, what is it? The stat is like seven times they need to see something before they buy it. And so you want them to remember you seven times and like see you seven times. Totally. And I think too, you know, we're also saturated with things, right? Like you go on Instagram and ads are coming in and you're following, you know, hundreds or thousands of people or whatever, and you're on Facebook and now TikTok and yeah, different groups are, you know, it's like everything is, there's so much there. And so I think too, you know, I know when people are starting out and I've had to do this with, you know, brand new clients, the only thing they can afford is free stock photography. And, you know, if you're just starting out, it's kind of like what you have to do, but I will say, having spent so much time in things like Unsplash and Pixabay and Pexels for like my brand new clients, I can tell when a photo is from that. Like I know when I go to, and maybe this is just me as a web designer and it's like, it's like not a skill that I wish I had, but I can like literally go to a website and be like, oh, that photo is an Unsplash photo. And it's just like, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that as long as it's a beautiful photo, but it's just like, you don't want people to be able to tell that, you know, it's like, you want to create this really polished professional. You're asking for people to trust you and to work with you. And by using these kind of like stock photos that everybody else is using, it doesn't differentiate you in any way. And it's just like, who wants to start off on that foot with a potential client? Right. Exactly. No, I a hundred percent agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So as we wrap up here, I love to just ask all of my guests, if you could go back to either before you started your business at all, or when you were still kind of figuring things out, jumping between weddings and family photography and everything, what's one piece of advice you wish you could go back and give yourself at that time? So, I mean, I would give myself a lot of advice, (laughs) a lot of advice, One of the things that I think I really wish I knew early on was probably to charge what I was worth sooner than like having to, you know, go from the charging nothing basically to now I've got this premium service that I'm offering and that big jump, it was really tough. And I know when you're first starting out, it's like, what do you charge, especially if you're doing it as a side gig or as like a hobby or whatever, it's hard to know what to charge. But if you at all believe that you're going to be making money from this, take it seriously and actually charge what you should be charging as if it wasn't a hobby, as if it was a full-time job. Because once you realize, oh, it would be great to quit my nine to five to do this, but you can't live off of, you know, charging $75 for a photo session. You just can't. So that's probably the advice I would give myself that and learning how to say no to things. Boundaries. Giving yourself space and boundaries and not feeling bad when you have to turn down a client because you're too busy or because, you know, you're out of sessions and the only way to squeeze them in is if you like not go on your evening walk for your self-care and the only time you have for yourself just setting those boundaries. That's something that I'm still working on. And it's tough as an entrepreneur because you want to make sure that you're making enough and being able to feed your family. But setting those boundaries is really, really important and not feeling burnt out. Yeah. I think both of those are so important. I think, you know, we're all going through that process of still learning to like put ourselves first. I think it's very easy as an entrepreneur to get caught up in your business, you started this because you're passionate about it. So it's like you, you know, I always get caught up in like, I want to be able to help everybody. I want to be able to take every client. I hate having to turn someone away or tell them that they're not a good fit. But I think, 
you do start to learn that it really is better for everyone. It's like, I can be better for the clients I do have when I get that full night's sleep where I'm not, you know, taking that 7.30 AM meeting to try to kind of squeeze into an already full day. And so I think that's definitely something that we're all actively, constantly learning from and working on, but it's so important. Mm -hmm. And one thing I wanted to say about your advice on the pricing, I think everyone does this and you just kind of have to learn it for yourself. But I think one of the biggest surprises for me with pricing was when I started raising my prices, I started getting better clients. And I think a lot of people realize this, but people who really want things, you know, again, we're talking in generalities here, but people who really want things at a steep discount are not valuing your service. And because you have kind of devalued yourself and not respected yourself, you're almost giving them permission to not respect you in return. And I thankfully didn't really do this with my web design business because I'd learned from my wedding planning business, but in wedding planning, oh man, I was undercharging. I was terrified constantly. I didn't believe in myself and the clients were horrible. (laughs) texts on the weekends that I felt compelled to answer, you know, screaming at me when I do 10 things right and one thing wrong. And as soon as I kind of started this business and had learned from all of my mistakes with the wedding planning and now, you know, charge what I'm worth, my clients are fantastic. Like I literally knock on wood have not had a bad client yet in over two years. And I really think it's because when you value yourself and you present that out to the world and you're charging what you should be charging and you're charging the value for what your service is worth, you honestly attract better people. Yes, I would agree. I think that's a hundred percent. And what I think even more so is that not being afraid that your premium prices will scare people away. If they're really interested in your services, they will save up. They will save up a year to work with you. And I've had clients do that saying, I've been waiting to the right time to invest because I want to hire you and they will make it work. So don't be afraid that your high prices are going to scare away the people that you really want to work with because they really want to work with you. They'll make it work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, you know, what both of us do and what I think a lot of service-based businesses do is like, we're helping people get more clients. So it really is an investment back in your business. When you have these photos that are going to create an emotional connection and have someone land on you know, a good website and have them be like, oh my God, I can't wait to work with this person. It's like, you're literally investing in getting future clients. So even though it can seem like a lot at the time, you should be 10Xing, 20Xing, 30Xing your investment in these types of services if you're working with people who are good at what they do. Yeah. I mean, most of my clients, if, you know, based on like, if they book a half day session with me, if my images result in one client, it's paid for. Right. So if you think about it in that perspective, paying my fee, and if it generates one client for you, you know, most of my clients, their services are roughly at least what I charge or more. It's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This is all such good advice. Thank you so much for being here. If people want to find you, follow you, work with you, tell us how they can do that. Yes. So I am Jesse Wyman Photos on Instagram. I am there as often as I can make space to be. I have a lot of good nuggets for you, planning for your photo shoot nuggets, but I also talk a lot about entrepreneurship there as well. You can find me at jessiewymanphotography.com. If you are in the Boston area, I serve 
mainly the greater Boston and Boston area. If you are in need of a photo shoot, happy to get in touch there. So those are the main two ways that you can get in touch. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's always so much fun chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.